the all-star app, the number one app in the business, UFC, Bellator, One Championship, PFL, and more. Get the app right now. Link in description. All right, Jack. Um, Man, a hectic couple of years, man. I remember the first time uh, we did interviews, like right before the pandemic, actually, or the pandemic was hitting when you fought yeah. Diego. Yeah, exactly. That was spot on. Exactly. Yeah, and it's a trip, man, like how far you have gone and in such a crazy, turbulent, like, couple of years. Third round TKO, ground and pound finish, man, on contender series, wins you the contract. You only had 30 seconds left on the clock. Yeah. Could that fight have gone any better, man? Um, 100%. I was, like, I was, um, I think if you watch my interview after the fight, I, I was out the back and I was shattered. Like, I thought I'd done really poorly. Um, and my coaches were kind of like, what are you talking about? You did really well. Um, but I think I just... You know, I um, maybe, you know, you have your fights where you're sort of in the flow state and in the zone. And I'd had sort of that three fights in a row and hadn't had one where I'd sort of needed to, you know, struggle through it a little bit um, and maybe grind out a win a little bit as opposed to just being on. Um, so I just, I, th I think I was hoping to have that kind of moment where I was just in the zone, everything worked for me and it, and it didn't, you know, I had, I, I had some, I made like a lot of mistakes watching back that fight, but also it was probably one of my worst days and still managed to get a third round TKO over a guy who was eight and one and uh, had been knocking people out. So it's good. Has there been other fights in the past where you felt like you really did shitty and then you look back at it and you're like, mm, that's not too bad. The coaches were, uh, you know, actually impressed. No, I think I think that's what my good thing. A bit of evolution there is like the other ones where I felt like I felt in this fight with a couple of fights that I'd lost, where I felt it's not so much about performance; it's more how you feel, like uh, how 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 much I remember about the fight and how present I am. Um, I find that if I sort of lose presence in the fight and I think about anything else outside of like really what's happening in front of you, I, I get really disappointed in myself. And there was times even in that fight there, like in the, I was telling my coach last night, like at the end of the first round, I just didn't think I was getting enough work off on top. And I remember thinking to myself, oh no, you're going to win this fight, but you're fucking not going to get a contract. And then I'm like, hang on, don't think about that. You've still got two rounds. So, uh, but yeah, it, it was a bad night for me and I still managed to get the job done. So I'm happy with that. Fuck man, you had some like inner battles right in the middle of the fight, dude. There's a lot of pressure, right? Yeah, 100%. So much pressure. I've never felt... Um, you know, and Jimmy Crute, Jimmy Crute talked me through that. I'm really glad I spoke to him about that. He said, you won't have, he said, you won't have had a fight with that much pressure. And he said, and you won't get another one with that much pressure for a long time after. Because for our whole careers before this fight, winning is enough. And you go home and you're happy with the win and you build off that. And now for every fight after this, winning is enough. You go home and you and you take your win and you're happy with it. Whereas this one, it was, it was a, it's such a rare scenario where it's not enough to win like you have to win impressively and that plays on your head a lot and um i had some other shit you know everyone has shit going before fights so i'm not complaining or anything but i had some things that were out of my control like a visa issue where i was flying you know in the in the few days before i left to go to vegas i flew to sydney to drop my passport off they told me it wasn't going to be ready i stayed for three nights it still wasn't ready so i flew back to melbourne for a weekend then flew back to Sydney on the Monday, stayed another night, then flew out the Wednesday morning. So it was just like a lot of back and forth. And then I um, I had a lot of trouble adjusting to the jet lag. I'm a really poor flyer. Um, 
and I wanted to get out a couple of weeks in advance because I knew that I knew like I've, I've traveled a bit before and I'm not like my body doesn't handle it super well um and I slept in the five nights so I was there for five nights before the fight and in the five nights before the weigh-in I probably slept in a cumulative time of five hours probably had an hour a night like in a lead up to a to a, the biggest fight of your life so it was fucking brutal did but, you feel uh, like any like um like your legs going out during the fight where you just no nah, no nah, not so much because i did sleep the night before the night after the weigh-in like after the weigh-in it kind of you have a full belly again and and you you find a way to get yourself to sleep um which i was okay with um and even out the back before the fight like i felt perfect out the back this is one of those things like warming up on the pads and doing a little bit of sparring with my coach i felt like yeah i'm in the zone this is perfect i felt just like i had for the last two and then there was just some, something between leaving the back and getting out there where it just it just it just didn't click. But that's what you train for, you know. I remember Donald Cerrone talking about that a lot, and I took that to heart, which was you know you train so that on your worst night it's enough, and that and that was what I what I showed that on my worst night it was enough to get it done. Yeah, you could, now you can you have build off this performance entering you know your debut. It's gonna be yeah, uh, sure. it's no, gonna I'm, be exciting. So excited to go again too. Like there's so many factors that now just get me really excited. Like, mm. um, you know, Dana was like one trick pony and, you know, everyone, I was reading a lot of comments and people are like, one trick pony. Hasn't, hasn't he seen any of his last fights? Like he's a kickboxer. And then, and I was like, oh, well, Dana only sees what he sees. But he, I actually spoke to Dana out the back and he was really cool. Like he wasn't, he wasn't negative about my performance at all. He was really, um, you know, he was speaking with a lot of praise about how I dominated the top position and that sort of stuff. But I think he just has to make the case for when you come on contenders, don't be, don't be sitting on top, not getting work done. So I think that's why, he's you know, that. Dana, he, he said it right. Like himself that he doesn't know anything about you except for yeah, what's yeah, on he, the piece of paper. So you got to yeah, really yeah. show him like what's going I'm, on. I'm lucky that Maynard and Sean Shelby were sitting there going, yeah, uh, this guy's actually a kickboxer. I don't know what he's doing. Now, uh, after the fight, did you finally go, you know, check out the PI, the UFC PI? Yeah, that was so sick. Um, I think uh, they on the on the contender series they kind of make it like you know when you go into the army and you know everyone gets like white clothes and it's like you're not in the army yet, you're maggots, like you're not part yeah. of us yet. They really make the contender series a little bit like that. Like we all get like the gear we get. It's like it's it's shitty gear, like it's with just a contender series printed on it and. Um, like you're not allowed to use the PI. We even our contracts and stuff. It's not a UFC contract with Contender Series. It's a completely separate entity. And I think that they make it really clear that it's like, hey, you're not one of us yet. You have to earn that right. But then once you do get that contract, it's like a complete 180. Like the next day, we went into the um, PI, and they're like, "Yo, Jack, great fight last night." And it was real weird for me because I walk in and Michael Chiesa and Dan Ige are there. And Michael Kies is like, yo, great fight, Jack. I had you picked. I thought you fought a really smart fight. You took away his weapons. And I was like, fuck, that's Michael Kiesa talking about one of my fights. And then um, I kind of had a little bit of a relationship with Dan Ige through my brother and a few other things. And Dan was like, yeah, you fought really well. Good job. Um, and then Marcel, the head of the PI, came up and he's like, welcome. Gave us the tour, showed us around. Forrest showed us around and stuff. So you go from being like maggot you're a contender series guy you're not a ufc guy straight away that you do a full 180 and it's like welcome and uh everyone's pretty cool there so i loved it yeah it's like the shortest boot camp of your life right that yeah that 15 exactly. minutes 15 minutes and you go on 14 minutes and 30 seconds yeah the, 
Yeah, I see what you're saying because I remember I was in Singapore for uh, Road to UFC and I was checking out the Road to UFC gear. It is pretty shitty, man. Like, bro, I couldn't believe it. I was like, they give me like these the shorts and like, I fight. I always fight in the same shorts. Like, I don't know if it's an Australian thing or what, but I'd hate like the long board shorts. Mm-hmm. But I also hate the Valetudo shorts, like the the skin ones. I like yeah. thigh length, mid thigh shorts. And I'm like, oh no, I, I want shorts. And the guy like looked at me almost like, you serious, mate? Like you get board shorts or you get Valetudo? Like don't. And I was like, oh, can I cut them? Can I take them to a tailor and get them cut? And he's like, no, because you'll cut the, um, you'll cut the contender series shit off it. I'm like, fuck. So I'm wearing these like board shorts I hate. Like, fuck, this kind of shit sucks. <laughs> now, what, anyway. what are you doing now? You're, you're out and about. You're enjoying, you know, America. What's, what's going on? No, I'm in Australia. I'm back in Melbourne right now. It's oh, uh, 9.30 Tuesday morning. And it's funny because I just got my media schedule sent through like literally 30 seconds ago. It popped up on my screen. So it, we'll shout out Daniel Morsley. He must have fucked up my media schedule and told you the wrong day. No, I think I think I've got them mixed up because I was, uh, you know, the Pacific time. But yeah, you're back in Australia, man. You get to see your family. You get to see your friends. Was it an emotional return or was it like you got back from a business trip? Um, no, nah, I, I think it was um, it was emotional over there because I had like probably the people who were most important to my career over there. Like my dad was there, my brother who's helped me along and both my coaches. So like we kind of just had a, a moment out the back after the flights where it was like, fuck, you know, so much work to get here. And now I finally get a chance to, to show everybody. Um, but once I got back now, good, good to see my mom, my mom. Had a moment. My mum never watches my fights and she just gets updates. And it's a pretty funny story that um, she, my dad texted her after the first round and said, Jack did really well. Then he texted her after the second round and said, yeah, he did really well. He probably got a 10-8 in that round. That was really good. And then somewhere between the start of the third and the end of the third, one of my mum's friends had texted her and said, oh my God, I don't know how you do this. There's so much blood. And my mom just fucking freaked out and she like started crying and she calls my sister. She's like, what happened? And my sister's like, no, it's not his blood. Don't worry. But uh, yeah, it was good to get home and see mom. And uh, yeah, now it's just, I'm back at training already. Um, I, w- I was thinking about fighting again in December. I would have liked to have done that, but kind of got steered in the other direction to wait for the February card by the UFC. So probably going to do that. Of course, man. Of course, you know, hometown, you know, like yeah. a home, you know, home country. It's always better. Yeah, that'll be cool to go over to Perth. Yeah, get a good, get a good long camp in, and you know I'll be able to. If I'm back training already, so I'll keep the weight down from this fight, get real fit, and then it probably the fact that it's in February, I can afford to you know have a few days over Christmas and enjoy Christmas with the family because well, I've been getting ready for fights for the last three Christmases, so I haven't really, you know, I remember, I think I was telling you this the last time we did an interview, but it was at Christmas Day and my uncle arrived and I was in my shed on my air bike like doing mm-hmm. work and he's like mate it's fucking christmas give it a rest and i'm like no, can't give it a rest so this christmas i'll be able to you know give it a rest on christmas day and enjoy some time with the family so that'll be good that is good man spend some time with your mom hey why would someone text your mom say that there's yeah, all this man, blood that's, like what's that's wild why would somebody do that like you think and especially everyone knows that she doesn't watch the fights like she's mm-hmm. she's never wanted to watch it so uh i don't know why somebody would do that and especially not even say it's not my blood yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, uh, was a lot you know, of you, yeah, yeah, of course, man. Of course. Uh, now you go back in the gym, you say you're training already. Some of the boys at Absolute, man, they got some fights coming up. So I guess yeah, that keeps you sharp, right? 
yeah, yeah, got some huge fights coming up. It's like is it, there was a lot of lot of things that went really well on this trip. Like, um, you know, Raja, right? We found out Raja's going to be fighting for the hex belt, which is you know he he deserves that belt so much. Like he's he's had he's had a tough time getting opponents, and you know he's had he had one of the toughest runs during COVID. You know, not being an Australian citizen, you know, he didn't get any of the help or anything that we got yeah. from the government. Um, so he had it real tough, and to see him, you know, go out there and at least get his shot at fighting for that belt and putting in putting his name up at the top of the division is going to be awesome. And it's really cool. He, um, when we were over in Vegas, he really hit it off with my striking coach Andy Colgrave. So now he's coming out to my striking gym as well, and we're hitting pads together. So we're just like doubling up our time together. And uh, seeing them work together is really cool. Like two people who I've learned so much off in their striking department. Um, it's cool to see them working together now as well. But yeah, we got um, him and then Khan. Khan's got a big fight coming up. And I think I think probably the first one you're going to see anything come from is Joe Luciano. I think Joe Joe's just taking himself back to Thailand um, to get some work in because he's got some big fights coming up. And I think, you know, if he, if he plays his cards right, he could be a chance to be on that February card too. Um, you know, I think the UFC are being a bit tough on like, they want people only to go in through contenders. But, he, you know, I think he'll be first reserve if, it, if anyone pulls out at least. Yeah, I'm going to have to hit him up, man. I know Khan. I know Raja. You know, I've known Raja for years now. Man, Raja, they, if you don't know, man, he got that spitting elbow. That's crazy, right? I, I tell people this all the time. And, like, unashamedly, when I first moved to the gym and me and Raja would spar, I had a very side-on style, like moving left to right. And I would – which plays right into someone who spins, right? And – I reckon he would have finished me with elbows probably 50 times. And then now now I've learned and he's sort of shown me the way to avoid it and, and I'm a bit more aware of it. But he catches people with that stuff so, so easily. But, uh, yeah, he's a superstar and I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And, yeah, definitely talk to Joe Luciano. He's yeah. he's kind of gone under the radar a bit. But if you look at his amateur record through IMAFR and stuff, there's guys now who are in the UFC doing well who Joey beat at IMAFA when they were in the amateurs. So, you know, he's he, he's got a real, real chance. He's got one loss on his record, and it's because his debut was on one championship. Man. Yeah, that's a, that's a hard debut right there. Um, yeah, for sure. You, are, you at, are you at Bangtown now? Are you, st- are you over there? No, I'm back. back. I was there for six, like five, six months. Now I'm back in Korea, but I'm going to go back early next year to, yeah, to train so, more. I think, I think- I think Joey's going to spend a little time at Bangtow um, okay. over the next couple of months. So I was going to say, if you catch him there, like he's a great dude, you'd really get along with him. Oh, for sure, man. If I was there, I would love to uh, run into him. Um, Perth, man, UFC 284. You know, I guess you know you're going to wait for that. You know, are you a type of dude that that studies the the division carefully? Do you watch all the all the featherweight fights? Yeah, pretty much all of them. Pretty much, yeah, I study, especially the top 15. Like I look to the top 15. I, I'm, I like to look to the top 15 and then I like to look down. Like it's easy to look up and be like, okay, Volko, Josh Emmett, Yaya Rodriguez, like i got to get to those guys. I find it more motivating to look down and look like, all right, who are the guys underneath me who are fucking working their ass off to try and get to where I am? Mm. Um, so I pay a lot of attention to the younger guys all around the world. Like I could probably tell you who the number one Korean featherweight is. I know there's a guy who I fought who's up there right now. Um, I can tell you who the number one featherweights are in the UK and Ireland. Um, so I, I, I pay a lot of attention to it. Um, not from a, not from like an animosity point of view or anything. Just purely 
keep yeah. keep your finger on the pulse, find out who's who and where 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 you're going. For sure. Hey, any names that they've thrown at you? Nah, they haven't thrown names yet. They they this apparently they're matching January now, so mm. we'll we'll find out soon enough in for February. But you know, maybe an American, maybe an American or something. I'd like to fight an American or a Brazilian or I don't know someone from um yeah someone from somewhere over there in that direction. Yeah, you want them to fly over to your your neck of the woods, right? Rather than yeah. you fly it over to theirs. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon. Yeah, I'd like someone to fly. But someone, give me someone from the far east coast, like New York or some shit. So they got to get to LA, and then they got to get to Melbourne, and then to Perth, just pushing shit uphill. Hey, one last thing I want to get your thoughts on is uh, this season on the Contender Series. They signed a, a teenager, right? And yeah, I think like that says a lot about the sport and where it's going. What is it? What do you think about the direction of the sport with that signing? Yeah, it's huge. Like, um, you know, uh. I don't know if I love the idea of kids that young because you, you think about how much work he must have done as a child to get to this point. Like, and I don't know how much damage he's taken and that sort of stuff. I personally don't love the idea of young kids sparring hard when your brain's still developing and things like that. It's kind of like a do as I say, not as I do type thing as well, though. You know, like it's like I don't like young kids drinking a heap of alcohol and stuff, um, but I drink alcohol. And then it's like I don't like kids sparring, but I spar. Um, but yeah, like it's good for the sport, and it, obviously people people are really picking up on this. It's a global sport; it's huge. Um, so, you know, good on good on him and his team for getting there and things like that. I just hope that uh, I hope that we're not sending kids to war in the gym and things like that, and, and they're going to have have to find out the the price they'll pay for it down the track. Definitely, imagine being matched up against a teenager, and you're like a twenty fight vet. That's some people might look at that as a lose-lose situation, especially at the, the top of the game. Yeah, exactly. And the thing, like, it's, it's a lose-lose, but, like, for for the teenager, like, I just see, like, it, you, 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 yeah, your window of success is really small in MMA, right? Like, I prefer, like, I know not everyone can take that path, but I like the Volco path of, like, do your work and then sort of enter the UFC right as you come up to your peak and then get your work in, get your fights, be active during that time and then, you know, retire when, when, when time is appropriate. Because if let's say he fights till he's, you know, let's say 30, he's got another 13 years and, you know, 30's early in MMA time, he's only really going to have two or three years out of that 13 in his peak and how much damage in between them. But, you know, he's a fighter and that's what he wants to do. So good on him. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what let's see what happens. He's gonna be a good like test for like to see like what happens when you enter the the UFC at a young age. Jack yeah. Jenkins, man, thank you, man, so much. If you want to know more about Jack Jenkins, go in the descriptions and download the All Star app. It's there for you free. Jack, appreciate the time, and uh, definitely we'll be speaking before uh, UFC Perth happens, man. When you get an opponent, hundred percent. As soon as I get an opponent, I'll reach out. We'll uh, well, you'll find out before me. Probably you got your ear to the ground. Well, uh, yeah. let me know. Let me know when you know. All right, man. Appreciate you.